Welcome back, my friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. So every week, we are going to exhume from my collection an artist, an album, or songs in a category, and let you take a listen, and hopefully it'll turn you on to something. My name is Kevin Williams. I'm joined by... Hi, what's up? This is Robert Harrison. And uh, Robert, how you doing, man? I'm not bad. I had a good dinner. I think we're ready to go. We're doing this one dry. We are doing this one dry. We have no sponsor that we've paid for. No sponsor. We're drinking water and coffee. I think that's all we have tonight. I'm, I'm on Java tonight. So hopefully my voice will sound very silky. Yeah, come on. So hey, uh, last week's episode, the 24-7 Spies, uh, I got some feedback from the one and only, I think you saw it, Mr. Rich Ward sent me a little message about that. You and your fancy friends. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Rich Ward is currently with the band Fozzy. Chris Jericho is the singer of that band. You might have heard of them. And before that, he was uh, he was in an Atlanta band called Stuck Mojo, who I really liked a lot. And Stuck Mojo toured with 24-7 Spies. And, and Rich responded on, uh, I think it was on Instagram, and said, that they did a three-month tour with them, and it was awesome, and he agreed that they should have been a lot bigger than they were. And I agree that Stuck Mojo should have been a lot bigger than they were, so maybe down the road we'll... We agree on that. Maybe we can hook up with Rich and see if he can talk some Stuck Mojo with us. That'd be kind of cool. I would definitely invite him in my house. Absolutely. So speaking of the house, we are here at the old Smyrna Firehouse. We are in the speakeasy, so we're in in the bowels of... The old Smyrna Firehouse. What's going on with, with the firehouse these days, Robert? You know, today I'm actually cleaning because we had a huge event here Friday for none other than the Avett Brothers Fan Club had a meeting here and threw a big party and can't tell you anything about the Avett Brothers. I was uh, just about to ask. Like, <laughs> I don't really know who that is. I um, know I should know. It's a group and their fans are really nice. It was very diverse. There was like four or five different types of white people, um, <laughs> and they were all they got along. Everybody was very well behaved. Just a real amalgam of like cream. Mid- middle America, uh, from Denver over to you know maybe Kentucky that area, and there was a few oh, from Atlanta here. Man, yeah. So, but they had a good time. The, apparently, they are in town, and these people travel around to see the Avett Brothers. So um, aren't they kind of like a Mumford? Ooh, is that kind yeah, of what they are? that's fighting words for oh, them, apparently. Yeah, because I, I kept mentioning I that. I'm like, oh, you're here to see Mumford and Sons. <laughs> that really. Did you fire up some millennials? Yeah, I think some people <laughs> left some things in a closet that I didn't want to have in there. So uh, nice. that was Friday. And then Saturday, we had a huge art show, party, artistic performance. I'm using quotation marks on the radio mm-hmm. or on the podcast. And uh, it was fun. And so that ended about four in the morning. So I'm just cleaning up all the glitter and the feathers from the feather boas that were here. So it, it was it was a fun weekend. I think as as most people do after the weekend. Right? Yeah, just normal stuff went glitter on. I mean, nothing nothing everywhere. different. Yeah. Of course, mine is because I have a seven year old and eight year old girl. It's a very different constant very different costume scene. changes all throughout the evening. <laughs> well, hey, before we get going, I just want to mention uh, some podcasts that got me into doing this whole thing. And uh, please go follow these guys if uh, if you get a chance to go check them out. If you're not already, so The Dummy Room, Pot of Thunder, Decibel Geek, Podcast Rock City, and might I add that on Wednesday of this week, which this episode will come out on Friday, so we'll have already passed, but on Wednesday, I'm actually guesting on uh, Podcast Rock City. They have a radio show. They do a live radio broadcast on, on Wednesday, so I'm actually guesting on that to talk some KISS. Nice. So, yeah. Get some street cred out there super, already. Those guys are super cool. Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Rock Strikes 10, History Science Theater, The Podcast, The Kiss Room. A lot of Kiss stuff going on here. Really? I didn't notice that. And, uh, and then one that I've kind of gone back to and listened to every episode. They don't put them out that often, but Henry and Heidi, which is Henry Rollins. And I don't know if it's, she's her, his manager or assistant or whatever, but Heidi is his assistant. And they have this really great rapport where they kind of take jabs at each other. But it's a really funny podcast. Go check out Henry and Heidi. 
Uh, they talk all things um, Henry Rollins, anything he's delved into in his career. Uh, also, please come visit us uh, at inobscuria.com. Like us, share us, recommend us, do all the social stuff. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please go do that. And if you have any obscure bands that you want to know more about, then definitely hit us up on that. Yeah, I've actually had a few people um, hit me up and, and give me some suggestions for some things that they go, well, it might not be obscure enough, but here's this. And a couple of good ones. Um, uh, David Glenn sent me one that's a Japanese band that I didn't know that was mm-hmm. from the, I guess, the 80s or I actually, I need to go check it out. But I, I went ahead and, and liked their Facebook page, but I'm going to check out the music. So thanks We for have that. to come up with a prize or something if you actually stump Kevin because that's a monumental feat. I've never been able to do it. I don't know how, how hard it is. There's so many bands out there, but we'll see. So every week, um, you know, I, I find some way to reach out to the other world to try to find out what the theme of the week is, what, what bones do we need to go dig up, who do we need to resurrect so that we can let you hear about them. So this week, I went to, to get some uh, Chinese food, and I got my fortune cookie, and I thought, you know what? Let's see if the fortune cookie can reveal this week's Oh, the suspense. Theme. So let's try it. I'm going to open it up. I have no idea what's going to say. Okay. Unrolling it. Unrolling it. Can I have the cookie when you're... Never mind. Yes, you can eat the cookie. Or the nookie. <laughs> All right. So the fortune cookie... Wow, this is very apropos. It, you know what it says? It says, you will influence others to purchase new rock and pumpkin metal. What? How about that? What a coincidence. Very specific. What restaurant do you go to? I want to hit that up. So, yeah. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to have a Black Friday special. Nice. This show comes out on Black Friday. So if you're out there shopping, I'm going to give you some things that were released this year. So these are definitely in the should be category. The should have been. The should be. Things that I think should be a lot bigger than they are. And I think you need to go support these bands and buy this music for whomever you're, you're buying records and CDs or digital music for, okay? So these are all from 2019. And these are all available for purchase. These are all available for purchase. Some of them may be a little bit harder than five than others, but you can always reach out directly to the artist or go to their, their site and go to their stores on their websites. Just I knock will. on their door and just show up one day. You can just, you can just find them. You know, Google's amazing. Exactly. So, all right. So we're going to jump into the first one. And I'm actually wearing a t-shirt for the first band we're going to play. It says Sheep. It does not say Sheep. I can't. I don't have my glasses. It says Sheer Mag. <laughs> it does not say Sheep. Okay. Sheer Mag. So I actually saw these guys uh, maybe two months ago. Uh, it's a band from Philadelphia. They have their, I think this is officially their second album, but they've had some previous releases. But... Uh, so officially from their second album called A Distant Call, they're kind of uh, in between, it's kind of 70s rock. Like I can hear bits of Thin Lizzy, but I also hear bits of punk and I hear bits of kind of 80s music. Their their first full length album was very 70s sounding to me, but it had this kind of punk street edge to it. Uh, and then this one that just came out is very much uh, an homage to the 80s. And they have everything from like a like a hair metal sound to like a Fleetwood Mac '80s sound, not a '70s Fleetwood Mac, but like a '80s. So it's like it kind of stretches that whole spectrum of rock from the '80s. It's and this is from cool. this year. It's from this year. It's a new band, but they just I can tell that they they have these influences. Although they're probably a lot younger than we mm-hmm. are, so I don't know what they actually remember from the '80s or if they just studied the music and grown up with it. But they were really awesome live, great live band to go see. And actually in 2015, Rolling Stone actually called them one of the 10 artists you need to know. So they've had some accolades and they've been on Late Night with Seth Meyers in 2017. And then this album actually came out in August. So I I think I saw them maybe a month after the, the album came out and they sounded great. So this is off of A Distant Call 2019. Check it out.
First, I was thinking the lead singer was reminding me of early Vince Neil back when he was on Helium for the first album or so. <laughs> too fast for love. A little too high for too fast for love, either one. Um I mean that's full on early eighties right? tribute right there. Yeah. Totally. It was it was before things got really silly and out of hand towards the late eighties, but all the good hair bands that I like in their early days, this was definitely more of the sound before it was completely overproduced. Yeah, and if you look up the album cover, it even looks like something that came out in like 82. It just has that, I don't know, kind of a pedestrian mm-hmm. <laughs> neon colors. And I don't know, it's, it's cool. I like it. It's right before the Trans Am was restyled <laughs> into the 80s version. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, that's definitely one of the heavier songs on the album. Like I said, it, it kind of runs the gamut. There's some some softer material on there as well but they always have this kind of street sort of punk sound to mm. them as well so they have a, a bit of grit to them which to me adds to their their overall appeal and uh the live show that these guys put on is amazing they had um they had three guitarists when i saw them and they were they were at five five two nine i don't know if you've been there Mm-mm. in in uh east atlanta and it's a it's an okay sized stage, but for the amount of people they had on, they had three guitarists, uh, a keyboardist, and I want to say he played, maybe he was the third guitarist. He played guitar and did like keyboards, and then they had, I think the bass player and the guitarist were brothers. So I keep finding bands where there are siblings for some reason. Mm-hmm. It seems like we've had a few bands on this program that are 
sibling base. It's just so. easy. You know, you, you've got an idea and you're like, hey, I need somebody to fill this instrument and jump I, on board. Uh, it's a, I guess it's a thing. I never, I never uh, experienced that. But I'd like to hear more of that. I mean, I'm generally going to be more excited about the heavy stuff, but judging by what I heard on that track, I'd love to hear the rest of it, even the softer stuff. Well, even the softer stuff, her voice has that same grit to it. Mm-hmm. She's just got this very unique voice, which I really, really like. I, I, I could see where some people might hear it and go, not, not for me. Yeah. But I like it a lot. So there's, you know, certain singers that they just have such a bizarre voice that either you like it or you love it. I, I like it or like it or love it. Either you love it or you hate it. I think that's where I was actually going with that. You could go with that, too. Yeah, that's where I was actually going. I understood you. It's okay. Edit that out. Okay, so let's move in. Still talking about siblings and bands. So the next one I'm just going to jump into is a band that consists of three brothers from Missouri. And this is a band called Radkey, which happens to be their last name. And the reason that I even came across this band was I was, um, I think it was on iTunes or Amazon one, just kind of flipping through, looking at new, new material. And I saw a band's uh, album that had a a logo that looked very similar to the Scorpions. It was the same lettering as the Scorpions, but it said Radke. So if you know what the Scorpions typeface, what that lettering looks like, it's very unique. And it just popped out at me like, wait a minute, that's not the Scorpions. That says something else. And it's Radke. So they actually kind of borrow the Scorpions logo for their own their own band, which I think is kind of cool. And it kind of says where they're coming from too. So they're, they're mainly a punk band, but they, they definitely have some classic rock influences. And when I looked them up to find out a little more about them, they've actually gotten some, some fairly good press. Um, in 2011, I guess they were really young then they opened for Fishbone and while Fishbone's not a huge band, they have a huge cult following, and mm-hmm. a lot of people love Fishbone, including myself. That was a fun show. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a totally fun show. And since then, they've played with Jack White, The Offspring, Descendants, Local H, a lot of really cool bands. They've done festivals. They've done South by Southwest, Afropunk. They've done the Download Festival in England, which is pretty big. They've done Coachella. So they got, they got some stuff going on. They've been to Japan. So they, they got a lot of cred for a young band they have a lot of eps uh, a couple of albums but uh, i think it's a really good mix of kind of the popular punk mixed with classic rock and they they don't always have that that really fast tempo they kind of switch it up so i don't know i think it's really cool i I think everybody would, would enjoy it and i think everybody needs to hear it and this happens to be a song off their 2019 release called no strange cats p-a-w this is a song called St. Elwood. This is a little bit uh, slower tempo for them, but I think it's a really cool song. This is Rad Key.
I was just saying off air, as we like to say in the biz, because <laughs> we are seasoned professionals after what? You're a pro. Four man. and a half episodes. Pretty amazing. <laughs> that uh, some of the guitar work reminded me of uh, a little heavier Weezer. I mean, I shouldn't say heavier Weezer because their recent uh, single that came out was an homage to oh, the Van Eddie Weezer. Van Weezer, yeah. <laughs> which I love. I mean, I love it too. Don't get me wrong. I love that song. That's I, I, I want to hear more of that. But uh, yeah, it was, I mean, a little bit of nineties pop alternative in there, which I like as well. That's perfectly fine with me. Did you notice the hint of, of Glenn Danzig <laughs> in his voice? A little, a little bit of angry, Mada. Yeah. a little off key, but not too bad. It's not nearly <laughs> like as bad it. as Glenn. I like it. Like I said, they have several uh, EPs out, and some of the EPs even have the same songs on them, so I don't really know why bands do that when they're doing digital releases. Short attention span, that's all. Like, we're done. Four songs, that's all I want to do. I don't know, but check out that one. It's really good. Go check out their website. Again, I'll I'll post all the the sites for these bands, and go get the vinyl. All right, so next up, I'm going to go to Nashville, Tennessee. That's a long drive. It four o'clock in the morning. It's a long drive. <laughs> it is a long drive when you're coming back from yes, the gig. That's what I was referring to. You are right. I forgot about that. You lose that hour too, mm. or at least we do. So this is interesting. People a lot of times ask me, where do you find out about these bands? This is one of those Facebook ads that actually worked on me. This band popped up in my Facebook feed. And it was an, an ad that they had and they had a little bit of the song that I'm gonna play. They had a little bit of a of a video with it and it was introducing this band and they've put out other releases but this is their first i think major release that they've had and it's not even a, it's not on a major label but it's a first one that i think they're promoting heavily like they are but it's a progressive stoner slash doom band from nashville so kind of that stoner, stoner doom yeah you know kind of that stoner metal uh, i'm thing. so high and the world is ending and i don't care well all of their all of their uh, previous albums including this one they're all they all kind of have sci-fi themes mm. and you know nice heavy crunchy guitars i would put them in the stoner category i don't know where they put themselves but i'd say progressive stoner doom wow. i think that i think that explains it perfectly and if you don't know what i'm talking about well then you just need to listen to it
That was Nashville's Howling Giant with Comet Rider off the Space Between Worlds. It just came out in 2019. I love that song. I I like it too, and your description was pretty spot on. Uh, I realize how much I love having a sustained Hammond organ over the top of some really heavy guitars and drums it just there's a nice combination with that if, if you're into that kind of of metal and this is a whole genre out there that whole stoner metal thing man they are awesome because uh, people that like bareness or mastodon or asg which is a band from from north carolina this is a band from tennessee something about southern bands playing that black sabbath influenced music i don't know it just really works really well together any any southern band I've ever heard that's doing that kind of genre of taking what Black Sabbath did and just making it swampy, mm-hmm. would love it. It's the humidity. It's got to be the humidity. It's what happens. So that's on uh, Blues Funeral Records, and they, they have a lot of really good artists on their label, if you like that kind of stuff. Uh, again, I found them on, on Facebook. <laughs> so go figure, man. Those things work. Those ads work. Target it, marketing. They've got your house bugged. It, they got me right because I, I love that band. I'm ready to hop in Moose and go to Nashville right now to go see these guys play. Okay, so we've we've been doing a lot of newer bands, uh, younger artists. So I want to take a step backwards. There's still older artists who are putting out really good music and still artists that had some notoriety but never quite broke into the mainstream. And this is one of those bands that I want to talk about. Are you familiar with Red Cross have you ever heard of Red Cross, the band? Oh, not the band. No, the medical organization. That's yes. it. Well, there's a punk band from Hawthorne, California. So basically outside of Orange County, I believe. Uh, back in 78, when they were in middle school, they formed a band and it eventually became Red Cross. And they were sort of part of that whole OC, early 80s punk hardcore scene. But they were also always a little bit outside of it. They, they dressed not like the punks of the time. Their music was a little more psychedelic. It had more to do with the 60s than it did with the, the hardcore punk that was going on in that scene, but they were part of that scene. And that was that's what was cool back then about that whole Orange County scene. And there's a bunch of documentaries, uh, American Hardcore, um, I'm trying to remember some other ones. If I remember them, I'll post them. But there's several documentaries where they kind of talk about this whole scene and go check those out because it's really cool if you're into punk rock history of where the bands came from. But Red Cross was one of that pack. And they didn't really stay on that path. They, Like I said, they, they went more of a psychedelic route. And they also did like kind of hokey stuff. Like they would they would cover um, cereal commercials, jingles, and things like that. You know, <laughs> they had fun. Was, I think they were kind of quirky dudes and they just had a lot of fun with it. One thing that I thought was funny when I was researching them to get a little background on them. So they spell their name R-E-D-D, cross with a k k r o s s and the reason they did that is the red cross actually tried to sue them that's trademarked yeah but but if you i mean when they tried to sue them they were probably like 18 years old in a little punk band heading them off of the past basically like i I guess they could have been big and then you know there may have been some issue but i just thought that was funny but they (laughs) they came up with the spelling of their their version of red cross based on red fox i thought that was cool too i'm old enough to remember that if you don't know who red fox is Go look it up. <laughs> so anyway, they've had um, they've had a long career, but they've had a lot of kind of hiatuses, and they've had some offshoot bands that they've been part of. So actually, Red Cross only has this is their seventh album that came out in August, uh, called Beyond the Door. And I didn't know this this was out. This is another one of those I just happened to be looking on some site, and I saw Red Cross pop up, and went, "Man, I haven't heard from them in forever." And then I realized they had a brand new album. So. I want to play something from it. This is uh, they they do really well with quick quick songs. So this is a you know another quick two minute song. But this is a song called "Fighting" off of Red Cross's new album. Go pick it up. Really good. Beyond the door.
it's over. Uh, call me off guard. It's not enough time to go out and have a smoke and come back, is it? Not at all. Was that two minutes, 20 seconds? Hit it and quit it. <laughs> um, there are times when that's perfectly fine because in this case, it left me wanting more. There's no sense trying to add in a guitar lead and two more courses just to fill out the extra one minute to get you a single. But I mean, I think only one I remember like that's Blur. They had their biggest hit here in the States. It was around two minutes. But I mean, it's a fun song. I like it. That album spans all sorts of, of styles, which is what they do. But that was uh, kind of back to the roots sort of song. I love that song. And I didn't mention that this is actually another brother band. So Jeff and Steve McDonald, they're the two main, two main guys in Red Cross throughout their whole career. So it's just another band of, of mm-hmm. brothers. I don't know why this keeps popping up on this, this episode, but it does. And I think maybe two episodes ago as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is the original band uh, had Greg Hetson in it, who some people may know if they know their punk rock. He was in the Circle Jerks and also a longtime member of Bad Religion. I just thought that was a cool little tidbit. Their first gig also was opening for Black Flag. So again, it was that whole California early hardcore scene. That's actually when I got into music. So that whole scene means a lot to me. All right, so now I want to get into some metal. Nice. We've done some punk. Uh, now I want to do some metal. And this is a band that some may say does not belong on this program because they're not obscure enough. Hmm, what is but, that line? We'll have to draw that line eventually. Yeah, it's your maybe. call. It's your know. call. It's my call. My my opinion is you only know this band, and you're going to know them, but you're going to know them because of another band that got mega huge. Not mega not mega death. Okay, not that one. But I there is a, a connection there. Okay. Well, there is. it is a hint. So Metallica has covered not one, not two, not three, but four of this band's songs throughout their career, and they still play them every almost every concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one that they play the most is a song called Am I Evil? Yes. I'm talking about Diamond Head. And so they're a band from England. They were part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, they came came about in 1976. And they were they're considered one of the founding bands of the new wave of British heavy metal. And if you don't know what that is, it was a whole movement that really established what we know today as heavy metal. Before that, it was just considered hard rock. I would say Judas Priest kind of kicked it all off because they were a couple of years before the rest of the pack of the bands. But bands like Iron Maiden, Saxon, Def Leppard, they were all considered at their inception part of the new wave of British heavy metal. And Diamond Head was one of the, the leaders of that as well. And I think you could probably also throw Motorhead in there. But Diamond Head never... They never really got their due. And the, the reason that people know who they are outside of England is because of Metallica. Why do you think they didn't really translate well into the States like other bands did? Well, I tried to look it up because it, it's, it's weird to me that they didn't. Even after Metallica played some of their songs, I thought they would have had a resurgence. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really happen. They tried and it just didn't work out. I think they had some issues internally with mm-hmm. the members of the band. Um, and then I think they also, they didn't, they didn't really have a proper support team behind them. Uh, when I was looking into it, it looks like the lead singer's mother was their manager. Oh, that's always a good idea. Yeah. So they didn't have like a, you know, a, a, a strong team that promoted them. It seemed like they were doing everything kind of DIY. Mm. D-I-Y. D-I-Y. Let me, let me try that again. D-W-I sometimes. D-I-Y. Tongue-tied here tonight. Um, and then the other thing that they did was uh, they released an album in 83 where they tried to capitalize on what was going on in 1983, which completely strayed. It was an album called Canterbury. I don't think it's horrible, but it's very commercial. It's not disco, is it? No. Oh, okay. They were trying to do like a survivor lover boy kind of thing to go f- <laughs> to go from doing what they were doing which was the the advent of thrash metal mm. influencing metallica and megadeth and all these bands it became huge to then playing something that's much lighter probably not the best idea <sighs> and they actually broke up after that 83 album so they they shot themselves in the foot there uh metallica covers them throughout their career so metallica's just getting going by the time these guys are, are kind of calling it quits mm. And then they come back, and for whatever reason, they can't really make a go of it. Now, I will say in the last 
since 2007, they have put out really, really strong material. And I would say they're their best material that they've ever put out. I think their early recordings are a little, not the best quality, not the best production quality. And ever since 2007, when they, they came back and they've, they've had a couple of different singers uh, since the first singer left, they've sounded really, really strong. And they've gotten stronger and stronger with each release. And the release that came out this year is amazing. I think everybody needs to give this band a second chance and uh, go support Diamond Head. I don't know if they're touring the States. If they're touring Europe, go see them. If they're at a festival, make sure you see them. Here's Diamond Head off their latest album, The Coffin Train, which came out in 2019. This is called The Messenger. <laughs>
Well, that was definitely worthy of some serious rock and roll devil horns. I mean, that was really good. I like that. It's like classic but current at the same time. Yeah, the which singer is, hard is great. To, which to me is harder to do for a lot of these older groups is to stay somewhat current. Right. That sounds current to me. I mean, it's it's definitely metal. I mean, you know, it's its own genre. It's not it's not pop. No, it's, it's not it's new got, metal. It's definitely it's the old school, but in a new form. Yeah. yeah, it sounds current to me, and I, I think that's great. And I love that they're um, they're still putting out such strong material. I read somewhere that uh, Brian Tatler, the guitarist, said that a lot of his income or most of his income still comes from Metallica. I was going to say, I'm, after three cover songs from Metallica, you... Four. Four? Okay. And so, some have been re-recorded several times. So yeah. They have a couple releases with the same songs. That'll buy a swimming pool or an <laughs> yeah. extra sports car here or there. So he's definitely putting the money into the recording because it sounds amazing to me. Uh, really, really good, strong recording. And like I said, go back the last three albums that they've put out. Go buy the new Diamond Head. It is Awesome. Go buy the new one, but I still want to hear the one from 1983. I just now I'm just morbidly curious about that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Lightning to like the Nations. Gourmet oh, cheese. You, oh, you mean the that one? Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, the Canterbury. One, it's called Can- Canterbury. Canterbury. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the one I'm gonna. I'm taking on the road trip to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, I'm. I still like it. Another cool thing about them is you mentioned the singer. They've had three distinct singers that I can think of, maybe even four, but they've all had that same timbre in their mm-hmm. voice. I mean, if you put on their albums and kind of do a a shuffle, mm-hmm. it, it all kind of sounds the same, even though they've had different singers. Right. They've done a really good job. I don't, I'm assuming they did it purposely, but they've done a really good job of maintaining the sound of Diamond Head with the singing. I mean, there's some bands like ACDC that was able to keep a little bit of consistency from one singer to a second singer, but over three or four singers, that's a lot harder to do. Exactly, yeah. I, I don't know. Go check it out, and, and maybe maybe your ears will hear something different. But to me, if if you put Shuffle on between all the albums since 83 to now, mm. it's or since 80, the first one came out in 80, actually. It's I don't know, it's very similar. Moving back over to the punk rock spectrum over here, and I want to go to a 90s punk band that our good friend Jeremy Zamora introduced me to. He was he was a guitarist in one of my bands, by the way, and also Robert and I played with him mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. And one of his big influences is this band, who, when, if you go see them live, I mean, they, they pack out houses. It's not like they're super obscure, but again, this is a band that, in that world, they're known, but outside of that punk rock world, they're not as known as I think they should be, because I think they write really great songs. And the band I'm talking about, they're called Hot Water Music. Yes. And I'm sure you've heard of, of I've heard Jeremy. Jeremy talking about them. Yeah. I've been in two bands with Jeremy, and you can just hear it. It just oozes out of him. He, he has that. When you hear this song, you go, yep, that sounds like Jeremy. It's, it's definitely a, an influence of his, and he wears it proudly. So they're a band from Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. Florida band. Mm, yeah. No, oh, that's mind. right. That's it's the, the yeah, wrong Yeah, you always get the wrong, the wrong town. It's that's the, the wrong, wrong town, town for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah well, well, that's not it. Yeah. Well, they, are there any punk rock bands from Tallahassee? Um. No, it ended with uh, Jim Morrison. He spent like a month and a half in Tallahassee, and that was the last good musical group we had. <laughs> well, that was a while ago. <laughs> well, there's some great punk rock bands actually from Gainesville, and uh, Hot Water happens to be one of oh, them. Oh, Creed. I'm like, I forgot all about that. That's the only band that I know of that's from Tallahassee is Creed. Yeah, I wish you hadn't mentioned that. <laughs> we don't normally claim that. Mm. Okay. Hey, you know what? Teach their own. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Hot Water Music, again, not super obscure, but they've been around since the early 90s. Uh, they've had a couple of breaks in their career as well, a couple of times where they took a few breaks to do solo albums or other bands. Uh, but they've had eight full-length albums, and this is so punk rock. They've had 28 EPs or splits. Wow. That is so punk rock. Uh, a lot of punk, punk rock bands, if you don't know, they do these splits where they'll have one side of one band and one side of another, and it it's just a thing that's done in punk, and it, you know, of course, if you're doing it all on your own, it helps save money. Mm-hmm. Two for um, one. Exactly. But 28 EPs and splits, that's amazing. That's prolific. It is. They have, uh, their two guitarists are actually both lead singers, and they both, they both have voices that, to me, sound like they gargle rusty nails. Ooh. I mean, they, they have the throatiest of throaty voices, really, really good, but I can see where if you're, if you're not accustomed to it, you may not dig it at first, but give it a chance. Uh, really, really cool vocals. One of the guys, Chris Wallard, he took a break for health issues in 2017. So they've 
recorded this EP that came out this year without him. I think it's the first release without him. But it still sounds great, and uh, the other singer, Chuck's doing all the singing, I believe, on this one. Uh, but this is Hot Water Music off of an EP that came out this year, 2019. The EP is called Shake Up the Shadows. I'm going to play a chant song. You're going to get into it. You're going to scream it. It's called Rebellion Story. kidding about that voice were you no that's definitely throaty yeah, yeah. liquid, Chuck's, liquid Chuck's nails voice. mouthwash and I, I actually met him once at one of the shows jeremy and i went and um we got one of the early entry packages and we and i met chuck and he even has kind of in his speaking voice he still has oh he's, yeah that's not a put on i mean that's coming from deep within his soul right there. I've always been very impressed with people that have voices like that, that are able to sustain it. I was going to say to be doing it as long as he has. Yeah. I mean, there's Bruce Springsteen that sings like that sometimes, and he's been doing it for decades and decades. And I know when I just, you know, make up a voice sometimes and I do it for 30 seconds, I'm coughing for an hour after that. But like I said, that type of voice, it's coming from the heart. It really means what he's singing. And I like that a lot. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you noticed the bass playing at all, but the bass player is amazing. I mean, he's such a talented, talented bass player. His his, uh, his patterns that he plays are just so peculiar and cool, and uh, he's one of those bass players that kind of plays a lead the whole time, mm-hmm. kind of that John Entwistle kind of thing where he's just he's going all over the place, but it's still holding down the root. 
Got it. So I was thinking some people may not have any idea what we're referencing. So I want to make sure I point this out. So Robert. I did five years of hard time in the state educational system in Tallahassee, Florida. And Tallahassee happens to be where Florida State University is. Right. Gainesville happens to be where the University, University of, of Florida, Florida is. is. Okay. Yeah, so there's apparently, slight difference. Apparently they don't like each other. No, no, they're all right, but you know. <laughs> right. I thought we might want to point that out because somebody may be listening going, I have no idea. Yeah, what it was supposed to have been four about. years, but I managed to drag that out into five for some reason. I was having such a good time. All right, so before I end with my, my last song, I just want to say, since this is a Black Friday special, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the percentage off of all of our shirts Oh, for the month of, let's just say the month of November. Act now. Act now. So I, well, do we have an 800 you know number? What, 800? Why don't, do, why don't we do the whole month of December? Whole month, so okay. I tell you what, go buy a shirt. It's going to be at cost. I'm not going to make a dime on it. Uh, all I'm doing is putting it back into the, the hosting that we do anyway. If I see you show up with a new car January 2nd, I'm going to be really suspicious. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, head on over to redbubble.com and look up In Obscuria or just go to inobscuria.com and click, go down to the bottom and click the shop link or go to Facebook and hit the shop now link. Are and there stickers on there too? There's I all like the sorts of stuff. We have great stickers. There's stickers, there's shirts. Um, we have mugs, we have all sorts of swag, man. But buy so, the shirt. Buy the shirt. And if you do, let me know and, and maybe take a picture, send it to us. We'll post it on Facebook. That'd be kind of cool. I had a uh, pretty somebody talk me out of my shirt, so I'm going to have to buy another one. <laughs> You've already lost your shirt. <laughs> it was for a good cause. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I think the first episode we did a, a rock and punk and metal episode. This is another one, rock and punk and metal mix. Um, and I ended with a progressive rock song. And I'm going to stick to that tradition. 10 minutes long? What is it? It's 12 not 10 minutes? minutes? It's not. Oh, I'm this disappointed. Is a, this is a newer band, which has a really cool story. This is a band out of Chicago called District 97. And they are a tried and true, they are a prog rock band. But they have kind of a that newer prog, so it, you know it has a little more of a metal edge. Um, not a dream theater thing. They're a little different than that. They're more of a true progressive rock kind of 70s influence band. Um, but what's what makes them different is their singer was a top ten contestant in the 2007 American Idol TV show. It's the second person we know who did that. Yes, that's true. Maybe we'll talk about her some other time. <laughs> but this is um, a singer. Her name is Leslie Hunt, and when I think when she was on Idol, I mean I didn't watch it, but from what I know of American Idol, they basically sing pop songs. Yes. I don't know that they stray too far out of that. They do like R&B and pop and things like that. I, I didn't watch it. I think maybe I watched the the season that Adam Lambert was on. I don't know what mm-hmm. year that was, but I did watch that because I had, I heard his voice and I went, okay, I need to check this guy out. And of course, he's he's gone on to do some really cool things with a band called Queen. Somebody might know who that band is. I don't know. It's a little look, band. You have to look that one up. They'll be on another podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe somebody will mention it on some other obscure podcast. <laughs> But anyway, we're talking about Leslie Hunt and her band, District 97. So they were a band. They were looking for a singer, and I guess she's from Chicago. And so they joined forces, and they created something pretty unique. Uh, It's a prog rock band, but they have kind of some pop sensibilities, but it's not syrupy pop. I would say she even has an almost jazz background, I'm I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. like a jazz singer background, which is kind of interesting. And a lot of their songs are based around um, novels or science fiction so they always kind of tell a story with their their songs and uh, this song's no different so this is district 97 with trigger off of screens
I'm sure I'm probably not the only one to say had a little bit of a mother's finest influence at the early parts of the song. That last few seconds where they opened the door to hell and let all those demons out. I don't know what the hell that was, but <laughs> the rest of the song was pretty funky and grooving. Yeah, that's that's what I think is really cool. They're a very unique band, very original, uh, because they do take kind of that old school prog approach to their songwriting, mm. but then they add her kind of very soulful it was eloquent pop. it wasn't just you know screaming this screaming that she she's got uh, talent and she's really I, I like adding that style really like good. i said it's a little bit of a funk a little bit of a r&b soul uh but on the classier side of like a jazz side of a singing uh ability that lends itself to some good progressiveness and what's what's cool about them uh, another part of their story is they actually have they've actually gotten accolades from the old the old prog guard so if you're a prog rock fan you're into bands like Yes and King Crimson, and this band gets praise from Bill Bruford, who was the drummer for both Yes and King Crimson. They actually had John Wetton, who is, if you've heard mid-70s, uh, early 70s, mid-70s King Crimson, he was the singer. He was in a band called UK, which is another big prog band, and he was in a, a band called Asia, which some some people remember Asia. Yes. but. Uh, 
John Wetton uh, sang with them on their second album. They, they have four albums. This is their fourth album that just came out. Uh, and John Wetton actually sang with them on their second album. And then they went out, because they're so damn good at their instruments, they went out and did shows with John Wetton covering nothing but King Crimson material. Oh, that's impressive. Is impressive because that's not the easiest no. stuff in the world to play. If you want to go check out King Crimson, if you're into Prague, or if you want to, if you're interested, go check out King Crimson and, and listen to the complexity in the music. And it's really cool stuff, but not the easiest stuff to play. So these guys can pull it off. And they actually released a live album with John Wetton. And it's cool how Leslie sings with him mm-hmm. on these songs. So she brings a n- little bit of a new, uh, soulful flavor to some old King Crimson songs. It's really cool. Interesting. So go check that out. I like this band so much that when their third album was being crowdfunded, I went in immediately and, and put some money towards it. So I got my name inside the, the Ooh, CD and all that. Ooh, that's some street cred. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've played on the Cruise to the Edge, which is a, a, a prog rock cruise. It's got to be a long cruise. I mean, they can't just do that for a weekend. Yeah. So, you know, it, I think it's once a year they have Cruise to the Edge. I'm actually going... Uh, Next year on the cruise to the edge. I used to go on the Kiss. Cruise You're not going and, to uh, the other one. No, I'm going on the cruise to the edge. So I'm going to go see. Uh, oh, this is see a big yes deal. Some of these bands. So go ahead, send your comments to me, Captain Dork, uh, <laughs> First Lieutenant Dork. I don't know what I'll at be. Earthlink, Sailor Dork at Earthlink.net. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I uh, love me some Prague. So unfortunately, they're not going to be on it this year. But uh, anyway, check out District 97. And check out all the bands. Everything that I've played today came out this year. It's Black Friday when you're listening to this or maybe a week after or whenever you listen to it. Go support these bands. Again, we'll put the links in the show notes. And also, go buy some In Obscurious swag. Absolutely. So that's that's all I have for this week. Anything else from you, Rob? No, go buy that stuff. Somebody's got to pay for the turkey. And send us, send us some pics or send us some suggestions, too. Or both. Or pictures, both. pictures of suggestions. Anyway, we're out of here. Thank you. See ya.